1 Samuel 24, verse number 17 to verse number 22. Then he said to David, that's King Saul, You are more righteous than I, for you have rewarded me with good, whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And you have shown this day how you have dealt well with me. For when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now I know indeed that you shall surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Therefore, swear now to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me and that you will not destroy my name from my father's house. So David swore to Saul and Saul went home but David and his men went up to the stronghold. So David swore to Saul, and Saul went home. But David and his men went up to the stronghold. I can actually just preach a whole message on he went, he went up the stronghold. But we are not there today. Somebody say, Amen. We are not there today. But it says, verse the New Century Version, and he said, does he said that Saul, King Saul, you are a better man than I am. He is speaking to David. You have been good to me, but I have done wrong to you. You told me what good things you did. The Lord handed me over to you, but you did not kill me. People don't normally let an enemy get away like this, do they? May the Lord reward you because you were good to me today. I know you will surely be king and you will rule the kingdom of Israel. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not kill my descendants and that you won't wipe out my name from my father's family. So David made the promise to Saul. Then Saul went back home and David and his men went up to their hideout. But I'm not really, as I said, I'm not focusing on the idea of David going up. But it is a passage of scripture that is quite, insightful in the saga of Saul attempting to kill David, Saul going around the country looking for the place where David is, and David knew that he was running for his life, but an opportunity presented itself to David to take matters into his own hands. King Saul came to relieve himself 
and David got an opportunity to be in King Saul's vicinity. At that moment, David had an opportunity with encouragement from his men. He would have killed Saul whilst he was in that cave. Yes, I'm here. Hope you can hear me. And David did not kill Saul, but David went and cut off a portion of Saul's robe. And he showed him that I could have killed you, but I did not do so. And Saul now realizes that David spared his life. And he makes this acknowledgement that now I know that you shall be the king over Israel. And he asked for David to preserve not only his name, but to preserve his posterity. He says, for you are a righteous man, or you did me good. The portion that I want to speak on tonight and pray concerning is that sometimes there are things in life that are opportunities that come your way. And when those opportunities that come your way, they may not seem as opportunities in the way that you perceive them to be. But it is not a test for you to get rid of your problem in the way that you think you should. But it is an opportunity for you to show your integrity and your trust in God that even at that moment when you show your integrity and your trust in God, even your enemies are going to acknowledge that God indeed is at work in your life. And they are also going to acknowledge, to affirm and reaffirm the things that God has told you in secret. Somebody say hallelujah. The thing that God has told you, even Saul himself had to acknowledge that David was surely going to be the king. He did not take the opportunity to kill Saul by his hand but he made himself accountable to God and said, I will not touch God's anointed. Anybody hear me? I will not touch God's anointed. I will not move ahead in my own strength to get rid of my problem, but I will trust in God and God will do what God is going to do. I want to pray for specific things that when an opportunity presents itself, you do not appeal to the flesh to take advantage of the opportunity. But you maintain your integrity and do that which is right before God, because it is not only an opportunity for you to do what you can do by your own strength, but it is an opportunity for you to prove your heart before God. That God, I know you have promised this to me, but I will not do things in my own strength to expedite the promise. But I'm going to follow and be be in alignment with your law that is going to be governing my life. Anybody hear me? Hmm. Hallelujah. I feel something moving in my spirit already. Father, as we pray tonight,
We know that we are not coming in our own strength. We are not coming in our own righteousness. Nor are we coming in our own name. But we are coming in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Coming boldly before the throne of grace because of the blood that is on the mercy seat. As we stand before you, God, we stand before you not in our own righteousness, which is as filthy rags, but we come in the righteousness of the one who died and was buried and rose up again on the third day. In the name of the one who sitting on the right hand of the majesty, waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. We come, O God, because of the intercession of the high priest of our confession. Father, we echo the words spoken in the days of old, joining with the intercession of our kinsman redeemer. Hear our prayer, O God, tonight attend to our supplication. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your divine guidance and your divine leading in our prayer tonight. You are the one who knows the mind and the will of our God. God, guide our thoughts, bring us into one mind, into one spirit, and into one accord. Let us not be distracted by anything, but let our attention be focused on the thing that is at hand, that which God willed concerning this hour. May we come into alignment with that. May our words be not idle. God, your word says the prayers of the righteous avail it much, O God. Let our prayer avail much, not because we have prayed, but because you have provoked us, moved upon us, God, and pulled our heartstrings to come into alignment with your will. Let thy kingdom come. And let thy will be done on earth today as we pray. That which you have sanctioned, O God, may it go forth and be established. We come, O God, standing by that word which you revealed to Job. You said, if you decree a thing, it shall be established for you. God, whatever we pray in this hour, the decrees we release in this hour, the declarations we make in this hour, may they be established, O oh God, not by might, nor by power, but by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, we are aware that there are many that are present on this prayer, and there are many that are going to be joining in days to come as they listen to this prayer. May May they feel the urgency of your spirit as we pray. May they feel the holiness of your spirit as we pray. May their minds be guarded and guided by the spirit as we pray. We know that they have needs that they have. God, we just declare your sufficiency. You are able to supply all their needs according to your riches in glory. Let provision be released in abundance. Anybody who needs healing, let healing be released in abundance in the name of Jesus. Anybody who needs breakthrough, let breakthrough come in an expected way, at an unexpected moment, which is rightly at the right time, at the right moment, in the right place. God, anybody who needs salvation and breakthrough and deliverance, may that be released, O oh God, tonight. May their 
cry, O God, be a refrain that indeed God has broken through their enemies as the waters break through their hands. God, I pray that those that are in the midst of adversity, O God, there is a relief that is coming from your hand. Those, O God, who are suffering pain, let healing go forth in the name of Jesus. Heal the brokenhearted, O God. Heal the wounds of the past, O God, and bring a refreshing. You said, O God, we turn, we repent. O God, that the waters of refreshing may come from the times of refreshing may come on the throne, O God. Let refreshing come upon their minds. Refreshing come upon their souls. Refreshing come upon their spirits, O God. In this hour, as we pray, broken relationships, O God, let them be restored. We speak restoration. We speak restoration in the name of Jesus. Hearts of sons being turned to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers being turned to the sons according to your word. God, mothers and daughters being reconciled. Mothers and sons, oh God, being reconciled in this hour as we pray. Absent fathers return. Prodigal sons coming back home as we pray. I thank you that God, you are the one who opens doors that no man can shut and you shut doors that no man can open. Those who are waiting for doors to be opened, O oh God, may doors of opportunity open, doors of significance open, significant doors open, doors of elevation, let them be open, O oh God, doors of enlargement, let them be opened, doors, O oh God, of promotion, let them be opened in the name that is above any other name, doors for acceleration, let them open, doors for divine appointments and divine encounters let them be open in the name of Jesus God let the gates of time open in their favor let the things that are supposed to come into their lives oh God through the doors you are opening be in alignment let them be at the precise moment when they step in to the door that you're opening and father I thank you that doors that they've struggled to be closed Oh God, are closing in this hour, for it is an hour that you have appointed for those doors to close. We declare that doors of poverty are shutting down over their lives. Doors of sickness are being closed over their lives, oh God. Doors of destruction are being closed, oh God, over their lives, never to be opened again, not in their lifetime, nor in generations proceeding from them. Because you have shut those doors, O oh God, and no man can open. Doors that have been used to propagate generational dysfunctions, generational iniquity, and generational curses, God. Let them be shut, O oh God, in this day for your praise and for your glory. Father, battles that they have been fighting, God, I pray that victory is being established right now. Let them rejoice for the the great things that God has done. God, 
God has clothed himself in garments of war and God is warring on their behalf to bring them the victory that belongs to God. Somebody say hallelujah for the victory that belongs to God that is coming to your life. I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever you are lacking financially, God is going to provide. Whatever you are lacking in understanding, God is going to provide. Whatever you are lacking in wisdom, God is going to release in abundance. Somebody just open up your mouth and say, I receive the abundance that you are bringing into my life. I receive the abundance of joy. I receive the abundance of peace. I receive, oh God, supernatural healing and health and wealth in the name of Jesus. That God, oh, that the joy of the Lord is going to be their strength in the name of Jesus. We say, let God arise and let his enemies begin to scatter. Let those, oh God, who have been scheming and plotting against him, oh God, find that there is a hedge of protection around those that God has called his own. And I thank you that God, you are the God who goes beyond our our natural boundaries, the God who goes beyond what we can see, the divine covering you are bringing over us. It is going to be applicable to generations that are going to come. Somebody say hallelujah. Whatever God is releasing in your life is not just for you, but it is also for generations that are going to be proceeding from you. You have to understand when Saul was making the plea with David, Saul made several requests. And one that he said, he said, please do not blot away, do not blot out my name from my family in the earth. But he also said, preserve my posterity. Saul went into a place of intercession, into a place of pleading with David to say, I know that you are a righteous man. I know that I have not been good to you, but please do not take this out on to my generations, but preserve them. A man who is coming to his end, a man who has not done which is right before God got to the moment when he realized that he was trying to defeat the plans of God, but God is going to do something. Somebody say hallelujah. And God is going to do something. And what's going to happen, Saul remembered that he had lost sight. Somebody say hallelujah. He had lost the insight that now he is to consider the presence preservation of generations that are going to come. But that's an entire matter that we will deal with at a particular juncture in time. But this blows my mind that David had an opportunity. David had an opportunity to deal with his enemy, to deal with his adversary. But David chose to honor God instead that I will not touch God's anointed. May God give us a heart like David. May God give us a heart like David. That adversity, that chaos and confusion will not cause us to lose sight and focus of that which is right. 
that the experience of the moment will not cause us to shortcut what God is about to do. May the integrity you exhibit in the days that are coming, may the integrity you show in the days that are going to come, the integrity you show and the honor that you give to the laws of God make a way for you. May what you do cause even your enemies to acknowledge the calling of God upon your life. Even those who have been fighting against you, may they realize that the anointing of God is upon your life, that the calling of God is upon your life. That which is about to happen in your life has not been orchestrated by the hand of man, but it has been orchestrated by the hand of the Almighty God. You are going to become everything that God said you are going to become. You are going to walk in the fullness of it in the name of Jesus. God, God is about to prove you. Anybody hear me? The scripture says in the day that until the day of his word came, Joseph was proved by his word. Joseph had to be proved until the day for his word came. And I'm saying to you, even though Saul is trying to kill you, Saul is trying to destabilize you, Saul is attempting to cause you to sin against God, may God give you wisdom to say, I will not violate the laws of the God that I serve because of immediate gain, because of immediate gratification, but I will walk circumspectly according to the laws of God. That at the the appointed time, I am going to become who God called me to become. Anybody hear me? Sometimes when those things come before you, those things that are seemingly opportunities, you have to realize by discernment, you have to realize by wisdom, you have to realize by understanding that those things are representing an opportunity, but there are two ways you can go about getting that opportunity or seizing that opportunity, but only one is right. And that which is right is that which is right in the sight of God. Because David could have gone according to the instruction, according to the encouragement of his man. He could have killed Saul. But David understood there is something greater than just getting rid of the immediate danger that I'm in. There is a God I am accountable to. There is a God I'm accountable to. And the reason why I'm saying this is because there is somebody standing on the threshold of a breakthrough. There is somebody standing on the threshold to their elevation. Somebody standing on the threshold to their enlargement. Somebody standing on the threshold to the pouring of the Spirit upon their lives. There is somebody standing on the threshold of the biggest change in their lives. And the enemy is not going to leave you alone. The enemy is there to present an opportunity so that his accusation may be 
be valid before God in the courts of heaven. Can I, let me just go back a little back here and give you a backdrop to the presentation of our prayer tonight. That you have to understand that the enemy had a provocation that he was going to bring against Job so that Job can curse God. Hmm. The job can curse God, and if he does that, he loses divine protection. He loses everything that he has because he has cursed God and he was going to die. Even Job's wife said, why don't you just curse God and die, agreeing with what the enemy wanted to do. It may have seemed to be a better way of getting it done, but Job said, though he slay me, Though he slay me, I will remain in a place of integrity. And I'm saying to that person who is standing on the threshold of the greatness, the reason why you are going through what you are going through right now is that the enemy is looking for a cause for the door to be shut before you. The enemy is looking for a cause to make sure that he is a foothold in your advancement. Hmm. Because the enemy cannot, the enemy will allow you to pass to obtain what has been promised to you by God, but not using the methodology and the means that God has laid out. Oh man, I, but I'm telling you, God has a way. If you remain true to His word, if you remain true to the laws of God, something great is going to happen, and the enemy will have no right to bring an accusation for your disqualification because you have done that which is right before God. I pray that God will give you strength to be able to hold back and not run for immediate gratification. That the enemy will put some shiny things, bling blings before you so that you circumvent the process of God to get what God has promised you. If you want to go a little bit deeper, I can give you from this particular perspective. Jesus knew what he was going to suffer. Jesus knew what he was going to go through. Jesus knew that all the kings kingdoms of this world are going to become his. Yet the enemy say to him, I am going to give you a shortcut. I'm going to give you a short means to obtain what the father has promised you. Bow down and worship me and I will give you all those kingdoms and their glory. And I'm saying to you tonight, the opportunity coming, the enemy is going to present the same case, the same argument, bow down and do this. You have to understand the bow down and worship me means obey what I'm telling you. And you will get what God has promised you, but you are not going to get it by the means that God has set out. Therefore, you are going to disqualify yourself from the longevity of what God has placed in your life. But I'm saying tonight the grace of God is coming over you. Not just unmerited favor, but the grace of God, the empowering grace, the enabling grace of God is coming upon you that you can delay the gratification and you can do that which is right before God so that what God has promised you is coming into your life in the name of Jesus. What God is bringing into your life will not cause harm and stress over your life because you have obtained it the right way. 
you have done it rightly before God. May that be your portion in the name of Jesus. May that be your portion in the name of Jesus. That those who have stood in opposition to what God has promised in your life are not going to have any other reason or anything else that they have to say, but they have to acknowledge what God has said is going to do in your life. You are going to become that which God has become, that which God has ordained for you to be. You are going to become. He said, now I know that you shall be the king. Anybody hear me? Now I know that you shall be the king. May your enemy say, now I know that you are going to be the manager. Now I know that you are going to, to be the supervisor. Now I know that you are going to be the owner. Now I know that you are going to be the victor. Now I know may your enemies come into acknowledgement of the things that God has spoken over you because you have chosen to do that which is upright before God. And when you have taken that posture in that position, sometimes those who are, me, um, who are well intended and mean well may not understand the choice that you have made. But I say to you, the acceptance of God is better than the acceptance of man. Because when you do it and God says yes, it is a yes that cannot be reversed. But when men say yes, God can overrule what men have said and God can say no. So if you best, if you base everything that you do on the yes of man, trying to meet the expectation of man by any means necessary, you might just violate the commandments of God and find yourself in the same place. Find yourself in the same place. Just like the enemy, you are trying to move out of the way. May God give you wisdom as I said, to walk circumspectly in accordance with the laws of God. And the simplicity of it is found in this regard. I may not understand it, and men may not understand it, but I will do it in accordance to the laws of God. I will not violate what God has set as the law for me to get what God has promised me. Let me give you a clear example that's, come, that's coming to mind. You can go and backstab your competitor for the job you are looking for and get the job. But the means that you use to ascend is going to come and contend with you 
in your next posture and position. So if you do that which honors God on your way up, God will preserve you on your way up. But if you do that which dishonors God, when adversity comes, then the enemy has a legal right to bring an accusation before God and say they have this, but they did not obtain it the right way. May God give you strength to hold on. May God give you wisdom not to take the shortcut, but to allow God to walk the process and work the process for you. In the name of Jesus, walk in integrity and do that which is upright before God because your breakthrough will not be the reason for your downfall. But you are going to do that which is right before God and your celebration will be a celebration that justly glorifies and exalts God. Because that which you did, that which you have done, is right before God. So we make a series of declarations now, series of promises now, to say, God, we will not take the shortcut. We will not do that which is unjust. We will not do that which is unholy to get what you have promised us. But God, we will trust. We will walk in obedience we will let you take the lead and lead us to the place you've called us into in the name of Jesus. Because we have chosen to do that which is right, the door of elevation is our portion. The promotion is ours. The enlargement is ours. What God spoke by his word concerning us, even the enemy will not dispute that because it shall surely come to pass. We declare that God has given us wisdom God has given us insight. God, thank you for the discernment that you have given us. Thank you. Thank you for the pain that you have given us to wait. God, the only thing that we are desperate for 
is your presence and nothing else. The only thing we owe, the only thing that we have set our affection on is you and nothing else. Only God and nothing else. Because sometimes when, when the promotion becomes your obsession, you will do whatever it takes to get it and you lose your focus on God. If the breakthrough becomes your obsession, your human nature makes an appeal for you to do that which is not right before God to obtain your obsession. I will keep my eyes on God. My attention is on God. My attitude will not that be of greed or entitlement, but my focus is on God. I may be the king in waiting but I will not kill for it. I will trust in God. And at the appointed time, I will become who God says I will become. In the name of Jesus. My mind is set on God. My hope is in God. My trust is in God. I want you to understand and consider this, that becoming king wasn't David's idea. It was God who chose to anoint David to be king. Because you have to understand this. God that does just not declare the end, but God also infers that he is the God of what it is going to take to get you from where you are to what he has called you to be. He is the God of the process. May you trust God as you are walking out the process. May you trust God as you are going through what you must go through to become who God has called you to become. Because more than obtaining the throne, more than becoming the king, David had to demonstrate godliness in the sight of the men that he was going to be leading. Because what you do on the way up in the sight of others is going to determine 
how much of a hold they have in your life. It's going to determine how much they control you. You are going to be more accountable to them because you are afraid of them revealing what you did to get to where you are. Anybody hear me? So always do that which is right whilst you are in the trenches because when you are sitting on the throne, those who walked with you during that season of ascension might just turn out to be your enemies and use what you did against you. Anybody hear me? In the name of Jesus. So no matter how hard it becomes over the next few days, don't do that which is not right before God. But strive always. Strive always. I'm going to say it again. Strive always. Strive always. Strive always to do that which is right before God. Always do that which is right before God, no matter how hard it becomes. Let me give you an example here, final one, and I will be done. I'll go read 1 Samuel 24 again, and I will let you guys go. Shambre kuro bradasteki Shaya bahiko Sayaka brotusheke teriabas Sembra sede kubo shede giada E braste kirisa Shaya bae sombre duche Kebrosta bahi Do that which is right before God. Always, 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 I want to say it again, always do that which is right before God. On your way up, on your way up, remember David schemed a scheme to kill somebody because he had slept with his wife. There is a man that he caused to have Uriah killed. 
and that man knew what David had done. And it was hard for David to deal with him because of what he knew. And I'm saying to you, do not compromise. Do not compromise. Do not do anything that compromises your position, that compromises the commandments of God on your way up. Because if you do, if you do, if you do, if you do, there are some that are going to cause you to have a problem. Somebody say hallelujah. So I just came and I will read this verse and I'll be done for the night. Just for you to see that even David's enemy had to acknowledge that God's call was upon his life. Hallelujah. Because he chose to do, he chose to do that which was right in the sight of God. Mm. Let me read this for you and I, I promise you I'm done. Uh, I just found, I found that to be just refreshing. 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 Refreshing, refreshing, and I, 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 I'm just taking my time because I need that to settle in your spirit. That integrity has a big payoff. Here's what it says: the beginning part. After Saul returned from chasing the Philistines, this is the New Century Version. He was told David is in the desert. Of En Gedi. So you took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and began looking for David and his men near the rocks of the wild gods. Saul came to the ship pens beside the road. A cave was there and he went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were hiding far back in the cave. The man said to David, Today is the day the Lord spoke of when he said, I will give your enemy over to you. Do, do anything you want with him. Then David crept up to Saul and quietly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Later, David felt guilty because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, May the Lord keep me from doing such a thing to my master. Saul is the Lord's appointed king. I should not do 
anything against him because he is the Lord's appointed king. David used these words to stop his men. He did not let them attack Saul. Then Saul left the cave and went his way. When David came out of the cave, he shouted to Saul, My master and king. Saul looked back and David bowed face down on the ground. He said to Saul, Why do you listen when people say David wants to harm you? Do you see what it's saying? He's saying you are listening to people who are telling you a lie. You have seen something with your own eyes today. The Lord put you in my power in the cave. They said I should kill you, but I was merciful. I said I won't harm my master because he is the Lord's appointed king. My father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe, but I didn't kill you. Now understand and know I am not planning any evil against you. I did nothing wrong to you, but you are hunting to me to kill me. May the Lord judge between us and may he punish you for the wrong you have done to me, but I am not against you. There is an old saying, evil things come from evil people, but I am not against you. Whom is the king of Israel coming against? Whom are you chasing? It's as if you are chasing a dead dog or a flea. May the Lord be our judge and decide between you and me. May he support me and show that I am right. May he save me from you. When David finished saying these words, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he cried loudly. He said, you are a better man than I am. You have been good to me, but I have done wrong to you. You told me what good things you did. The Lord handed me over to you, but you did not kill me. People don't normally let an enemy get away like this, do they? May the Lord reward you because you were good to me today. Even your enemies are going to invoke the blessings of God over your life because you have chosen to do that which is right before God. That's Pastor Perkins' interjection. Saul said, May the Lord reward you because you were good to me today. I know you will surely be king.
and you will rule the kingdom of Israel. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not kill my descendants and that you won't wipe out my name from my father's family. So David made the promise to Saul. Then Saul went back home and David and his man went up to their hideout. Then we just position this in closing. When David finished, when David finished, I want to see some terms that are being invoked in this particular thing. When David came out, he shouted to Saul, he said, my master and my king, even though Saul wanted to kill David, David still honored Saul, my master and my king. Look at the words that are being spoken in verse number 16. When David finished saying these words, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? Is that your voice, David, my son? What has actually happened there is that now Saul has literally been moved into a position of authority as a father and now he is going to pronounce a blessing, a father's blessing over David. And he said, may the Lord reward you because you were good to me. I know you will surely be king. A father's blessing, a father's blessing. May the Lord reward you because you were good to me today. I know you will surely be king and you will rule the kingdom of Israel. A father's blessing being spoken over David by the man who wanted to kill him, but David chose to do that which was right before God and look at what happened. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not kill my descendants and that you won't wipe out my name from my family's, from my father's family. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine that. So what I'm saying to you you are standing on the threshold of the greatest season of your life. Do that which is right before God. And something great is coming your way. And the enemy will not find a reason to bring an accusation against you. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that word of encouragement for us to keep on doing that which is right before God. We give you praise. We give you glory in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen, amen, and amen.